most dangerous weapon in creation. The Bible says it's the most dangerous weapon in creation. So, what we need is a volunteer to be willing to open the box. Did you have Now, as I say, it's quite a dangerous weapon, so we have to be very careful when we use it. Can you read, Lydia, what that says up here? Open with care, if used correctly, can be dangerous and can cause harm. We'll have a little look at that in a second. Because it's so dangerous, please find a few different things in case you can't. Okay, I'll wear the Does anybody reckon they know what this is? That'd be a bit disgusting. Something that's not dangerous in the slightest. Something that's not dangerous in the slightest. Okay, well, let's see. It's almost like you know me really well. Service everybody, feel free. Shall we show everybody else on this? That's not dangerous. Lydia is very brave. Do you want to take your coat off? Or gossip, or tell bad things about people to one another. 
sometimes we can uh, be quite sarcastic to people or take jokes too far. Again, which isn't very good. And also, the Bible says that the tongue is described as destructive fire. Because rumours or gossip that we say can go too far. And sometimes, when we, when we use our tongue for bad, um, it, it's not good and it can be dangerous as well. Just a few little facts for you. Just let me get that little there. Just a few little facts for you. Did you know that approximately the average size of a tongue is 10 centimetres? And in an average day, you speak about 16,000 words. On average. Some people probably are not born. Which would work out approximately a thousand words a minute, which would work out, sorry, that should say a thousand words an hour. Uh, which, which works out approximately 16 and a half words every minute. So when you think about it, throughout a 24-hour day, guys, you speak a lot of words, don't you? A lot of words come out of our mouths. So it's really important that we consider what words we speak and what words we use. Okay? And sometimes we can use words that actually, at the end of the day, we may regret what we say, or we may be sorry about what we say. But also, if we stop and think about it, we can use words to um, to help people, to build people up, to make them feel valued and protected. So just like a question, how can we use what we say to help people and make them feel special and valued? Ethan? Compliments. Do you want to give an example? <laughs> <laughs> what other ways can we um, show people with our words how much uh, we care about them and how much we love them? Yeah. Talking to them, yes, but what kind of type of words in particular could we use? Yeah? Nice words. Yeah, nice words, yeah. You know, we can we can use positive words, we can use encouraging words, uplifting words, yeah.
And then there's also bits here, um, such as uh, any questions or bits you don't understand. It's because, you know, what's really important is that if we don't understand something, it's really important to ask somebody. So if there's, um, if, if you're here with your, with your family or with your friends, you can ask them, you know, what did that mean? What was Darren meaning when he said that? Because I didn't get it. Or what was Jonathan saying because I didn't get it? So what I would love you to do is when we go, when you go back to your seats, when we're in for our service, is try and fill out some of these and try and see what answers we can get. Okay? Hello. Hey, there we go. Fantastic. Okay, so for the next part of today's service, I'm going to need two very willing volunteers.
fantastic. Praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings 
who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So, the uh, the writer uh, of of that book, Jones, he's been hammering home a message for a couple of chapters before we get to uh, James 3. He's been talking about how we live our lives practically to love and to serve people. So it could be tempting that he's more interested in what we do than what we say, but that's not true. He's actually really, really, really interested in both. He wants the words of our mouth to match up with the actions that we do. You know, it's all well and good doing things in church. It's all well and good practically showing Jesus that we love him, attending church, helping with community groups. But if the words that come out of our mouths don't match up, we have a bit of a problem. You know, the small little part of our body, the tongue, plays a major role in sharing Jesus. So James 3, he addresses this situation. He talks about our tongue. We all have one. It's a tiny part of our body. But it's a little part that can cause a big problem. As I said before, our tongues, they have the power to speak both life and goodness over people. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So James goes on in verses 3 to 6 to use some illustrations to help him make his point. Firstly, he mentions a little bit placed in a horse's mouth, which can be used to control a horse, or a little rudder off the back of a ship can steer a huge ocean liner, or a little spark can light up an entire forest fire. You know, the point that James is trying to make here, it's all to do with control. If we control the fire, we can use it for positive things, can't we? We can use it to cook our food, we can use it to warm ourselves, uh, we can use it to light up uh, something in a dark, uh, a dark place. If we control the rudder of the ship, we can safely steer the ship to where it needs to be. And in the same way, if we control our tongue, we can use it to both honour God and to benefit others, while we're then using it to put people down, to talk behind people's backs, or to slam them. So the question is, how can we use this amazing gift? Because when you think about it, how incredible is it that we're able to communicate with one another? How incredible is it that God has given us this incredible gift of being able to speak to other people. So how can we use this to glorify God? How can we use it in a response to say thanks to God? What can we learn from Jesus that can help us to speak words of life and not words of condemnation? <laughs> One of the ways we can do that is that we can think before we speak. And Jonathan is going to come and share a little story with us now. Thanks, Darren. Do you have a wish you just kept your mouth shut? Anyone? Yes. Yeah, anyone wants to tell me a very brief story? I'd be very brief about when that's happened. Before I embarrass myself and tell you my story. Come on, Elizabeth. Have you got the story? When did you wish you not said something? Can you? 
We're going to apologize tomorrow. <laughs> Someone is a bit demonic happy today. You don't get that feeling when you're just about to go away. But we realize in going on holiday that we needed a new suitcase. So we have to go suitcase shopping. You know, life doesn't get much better than suitcase shopping, does it? And so we decide that we need a very light suitcase. Now, in Warrington Market, there is a store with a man who specializes in selling light suitcases. <laughs> so, we head off to Warrington Market. Me, Claire, Timothy, and the family. And we stood there, talking to this man on the store. Now, this man is getting unusually excited about his suitcases. Now, I'm there thinking, this is about, you know, this exciting. And he's up here, these suitcases are amazing. And he's talking on and on and on about the suitcases. It seems the verse that should have popped into my mind at this point. This is Ecclesiastes 3, verse 7. A time to be silent and a time to speak. As the story goes on, I'm starting to glaze over as he's going on about suitcases. Do you ever find yourself doing that? Somebody's talking to you and you are not listening to a word they're saying. That is when the danger moment comes. Because you're going to put your foot in it and say something ridiculous. So he's... I was going to say, whittering on that, that wouldn't be. He's doing the sales pitch for these very light suitcases. And I'm starting to think about food. That's the first place my brain goes to in those kind of situations. And I'm thinking, what could I have for my lunch? And what could we buy whilst we're in the market that I could make for the evening meal? I think, oh, there's a nice fish store over in the corner. So anyway, the man is going on and on and on. And he suddenly says to me, says, where is it you're up to? And so I suddenly replied to him, oh, I'm off to the fish store. <laughs> and Claire looks at me and says, Jonathan, I don't think that's what he was asking. <laughs> and you know when you can feel yourself turn bright red, and you're thinking, why didn't I think before I spoke? Why didn't I just keep my mouth shut? Why didn't I let Claire answer for me? Now that, <laughs> that's always a good thing, isn't it? There are times when you just think, why? I keep my mouth shut. Now that story, all that happened is I got a bit embarrassed. We all had a good laugh and they gave me an illustration to you this morning. But you know, there are many times when I put my foot in it saying words to people when it's not been funny. When actually what I have said has deeply damaged somebody or deeply hurt somebody. There have been times when people have done the same thing to me and said something just off the cuff that has cut right into my heart and hurt me as well. And it's so easy to do it, isn't it? When we don't engage our brain before we speak. When we don't actually think, what does God want me to use words for at this point in time? Proverbs 25, verse 11. It says, the right word at the right time is like precious gold set in silver. Invert that, the wrong word at the wrong time is pretty horrendous. Pretty horrendous. So can I encourage us as we're looking at words this morning, when we think about speaking, Think actually, what does God want me to do in these circumstances? Now, we can't do that with the envy of the 16,000 words we say a day. But perhaps at those times when we're just thinking, should I say something or should I not? Let's engage our brains and think, what would God want me to do in this situation? So, can I just pray for us that we'll, we'll have the wisdom to do that and that you will not end up buying suitcases and embarrassing yourself? <laughs> Let's pray. Dear God, help us to know when to speak, help us to know what the right things are to say. And Lord, I pray that we would use our words wisely, not in ways that hurt the people. And we ask it in Jesus' name.
recap. Um, the first thing that we looked at today was uh, what's the key. So we talked about how the tongue is a powerful weapon, and we asked the question, how are we going to use it for good? Secondly, when to speak. We said words can hurt, can't they? But words can also be really beneficial and build us up. Let's choose to think before we speak. And a uh, very helpful uh, acronym that uh, Professor John Hall in the corner once said, um, and that is the acronym THINK. First question, the first of the T's is, is it true? Is what you're saying true? Is it helpful? Will what you say encourage that person? Will it make uh, a difference to that person's mind? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Nothing. Is it necessary? <laughs> <laughs> and is it kind? Is it kind? So I want to encourage you when uh, we think before we speak. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? And just finally, just for uh, the last few minutes, I want to look at um, how we can be gracious in our speaking. Because how we say something can be important as what we say. The kind of tone that we speak or the, the, the style that we speak in is as important. And when Jesus spoke, it says in Luke 4, 22, that everyone was amazed by the gracious words that came out of his, uh, out of his mouth. And it says in Proverbs 25 that graciousness can make our speech more persuasive. And if you're anything like me, it can be sometimes really difficult to respond in a gracious manner uh, when somebody has kind of upset you, or maybe somebody said something offensive to you. Uh, this last week, we before we've been in schools, been talking about um, forgiveness, and I was saying, if somebody says something to you, what do you, do? What do you say? And they say, I say something horrible to them back. And I started asking them, is that, is that a helpful thing to do? Is that the right thing to do? Is that um, is that what, you, what we should be doing? You know, sometimes to respond in graciousness, to respond with words that will build each other up, can be very difficult, uh, especially when, when maybe somebody says something to you or does something to you or been rude to you in some way. It says in Proverbs uh, 15, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up, stirs up anger. You know, just looking at the life of Jesus, Time and time and time again, we can see that Jesus always responded uh, with, with grace and with gracious manner. You know, this just the other week, uh, when Jesus was going to his death, when he was speaking to Pilate, he always responded in a gracious manner. And what happens? Pilate could find no fault with him. You know, what a challenge for us to respond to people and to remain gracious in our speech. Looking at James 3 again, verse 9, it says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. I don't know about you, but I can be quite guilty of doing this. You know, this week in preparation, when I was thinking about this, I was really reflecting on the words I was using this idea of the thing happening when I was speaking. And I'll be honest, and I became quite humble. Uh, reflecting this, maybe it was a bit of a fancy because I thought, you know what, I do quite, I do speak quite well to people. I do quite, quite enjoy, um, enjoy encouraging people. I felt like encouraging people is something that I believe that is a gift of mine to encourage people. But actually, as I was reflecting on the words, 16,000 words that we speak each day, as I was reflecting on those words, 
uh, consider that, think happening. You know, is it truthful? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? You know, let's reflect on those words that we say every day, and let's use them to glorify God and to honour God in the words that we say. Just to finish, there's um, there's a prayer that many of you may know. It's a prayer from uh, St. Francis of Assisi. And when I was little, uh, there's a hymn that goes along with this that I used to sing um, in school. And it's only when I got older that I realised what incredible words it is. I'm going to pray this uh, to finish. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, forgiveness. Where there is doubt, faith. And where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Let me not seek to be understood, but to understand others. Let me not seek to be loved, but to love others. For it is when we give that we receive. When we forgive that we are forgiven. And when we, are di- when we die, that we are born to eternal life. Lord, I pray that we uh, use these amazing gifts, these, this weapon.